Genesis 1-1. Open your Bible there with me. Um, If you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reverence of the Word of God? It's not a long verse at all. Genesis 1-1. And most of us should know it by heart. Genesis 1-1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. You may be seated even in the presence of God. Would you bow and pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that is true. Father, even in those few words, would you please speak to our hearts today? For we long to hear from you. We are ready to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, My sermon title is, When God Speaks, Something Happens. Let me say that again. When God Speaks, Something Happens. It's been said that um, a lot of people who are in power, like for instance, the President of the United States, um, they call the President of the United States the leader of the free world. But it's been said that many presidents have felt that they would say something and it really has no power. And what that means is this, the president can say something, but the Congress has power to override the president. Based on the percentage that exists in Congress, so even though the president may say something, just because the president say it doesn't necessarily mean it's final. I mean, you guys may not pay attention, but you've been around to know that there's Republicans and there are Democrats. And the worst thing that can happen to a president is that you are a Republican president and you have a Congress that is, that means both the Senate, both houses, both Senate and the, 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 the Congress, House, um, the House, and they are Democrats. And especially if they have the supermajority in the Senate <laughs> and if they have the majority in the House, God bless you. Nothing's gonna happen. You know why? You can be the president. You can you can have you can have good speeches all day long. You can say all you wanna say. They gotta go and make laws to make sure that nothing you say happens. Because typically in this country, especially in modern day, if you are a Republican, Democrats don't like anything you have to say. If you are a Democrat, Republicans don't like anything you have to say. The point I'm making, I'm not doing politics, but. If you are a Democratic president, you have a Congress that is Republican, typically, especially if you are in the final year, or final two years of your term, they call you a lame duck. Let me tell you something Something about that. that. So So President President Obama Obama was in the final final year of his term, term, and he wanted to nominate nominate a Supreme Court just just when, when... just, just um, um, Scalia died because it was in, it the, was last in the last year, year and, and Congress was, was Republican. Republican. They, they, they did not let, let him nominate a justice. A justice. They, they reject, reject 
his choice. choice. Now, I'm now, not making policy. What I'm trying, what I'm trying to, tell to tell you is this. Even the, the person they call the leader, the leader of, the of the free world, when they, when they speak, speak, a lot of, a lot of times, times nothing happens. happens. Come here, you. Um, um, my God, the, the creator, creator of, of the world, the world when he when speaks, something, something happens. And, and I don't know, know where you are, what's, what's going, going on in your, in your life, but I stopped by, by to tell you, this, this God, God who spoke that the, that the world come to be. If it speaks, speaks over, over your life, life what it says over your life, life that, is that is true, and you better take that to the bank. And this year, and this year, as you start over, as you begin, when God speaks, things happen. When God speaks, Mountains, mountains move. When God, when God speaks, speaks sick, sick people heal. heal. When, when God speaks, speaks dead, dead people, people come back life. to life. Oh, I feel like preaching, but I'm not even in the. I'm not even there, but I feel like preaching because when when God speaks, things happen. And some of you, whether you are online or whether you are here, you know where you are today. If God had not spoken, you you wouldn't be. When God speaks, unlike leaders of, of countries, countries, of kings, king, or dictators, things, things may not happen, happen but when my God, God speaks, things happen. The book of Genesis, it's a, it's a, it's a funny book, it's a, it's, a, it's a good book. It, it, it's a book of origin. Uh, um, literally, Genesis means beginning. And, and the, the, the word Genesis is from the Septuagint. Uh, um, the Septuagint are people who translated the Bible from... Hebrew to Greek. So they take the, the, the Hebrew Bible and put it into Greek. So the word Genesis literally means beginning. And, and literally, and, and if, you, if you think about it, there, there is this, these words, in the beginning, God created, evoked more debates than any other words in the Bible. You don't believe me? Um, <laughs> watch what people are trying to do by undermining God. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens. That, without any apology, this is how the world began. Um, this here, um, in spite of all that you may learn in the public school system or in the universities or, or in colleges that you attend, this this here, for us Christian, this is where it starts. Um, in the beginning, um, the author is Moses. Um, the first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch. Uh, um, Moses is the author of the book of, of Genesis. Moses, and, and, and the reason, one of the reasons why Moses is the author is because God wanted the people to know how things started. And just as God wanted the Israelites to know how things started, God wants you and I to know how things started. And I don't know how about you in the year 2024, God is telling you and I, we need to go back to fully understand how things started. Because if you do not know, if you do not clearly understand how things started, I guarantee you, you can't go forward. Oh, I'm, 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 I, 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 I know my, only my wife is my witness, but that's all right. Uh, uh, um, listen, let me tell you this. 
a lot of times, a lot of people are trying to move forward without realizing how they started. Uh, for instance, you are Haitian. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you speak English or not. You, I don't care if you speak Creole or not. You are Haitian. You know how I know you're Haitian? Creole. Amen. Bonan Pese. Hallelujah. You, you are Haitian. There's something about your palate that Apis has, has, has already messed up your palate. That's why when you go to the Caucasian places and they do chicken and you be like, what, 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 what? some of you got hot sauce on your purse. Amen. Amen. Because you know you are Haitian, right? And, and so, so, so you may eat other fancy stuff and sushi. I don't do sushi. If it's not cooked, if it's not fried, um, boiled, you know, I ain't eating it. But some of you do sushi, bougie, you know. But, but listen, listen. When you really, when, when you want something to eat the spot, you go back to your origin. You know what your origin is? Your mama's cooking. That grillo, that tasso. See, turn around. <laughs> that grillo, that, that tasso. You want to go back and say, like, you, you look, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter said, Daddy, Ziggy John John, that black rice. You, you know, you go back to your origin. Now, 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 God wanted the people to understand how things were made, how things came to be. And you and I need to also understand how things came to be. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This may not mean much to a lot of people, but my goal is by the time I'm done with the sermon, you fully understand what that means. You fully grasp the, 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 the importance of in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, for instance, there are arguments, and I'm going to get there in a minute. I'm going to get there. Don't, don't, don't switch your point yet. I'm going to get there. There are things, there are theories that are teaching you that, well, you are made out of monkeys. You, you mean you, you evolved, monkey turned into human beings. Now, I don't know about you. I've been going to Bush Garden for a long time, right? I've been going to zoo a long time. I never seen a monkey turn into a human being. In other, in other words, in other words, in other words, if, if God were turning monkeys into human beings, trust me, it would still be happening today. But, 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 but I, I, I digress. So, 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 so then, in the beginning, in the beginning, uh, um, God wrote the book of Genesis, and God told Moses to write this book. The first five books of the Bible are extremely crucial to your understanding of the entirety of the Bible. Now, let me give you some context. Uh, um, in the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis has two parts. The first 11 chapters um, serves as a prologue, and, and literally they call the book of Genesis a prologue to a prologue. It serves as a prologue to the second part. Which, in the second part, most people find themselves in the second part, right? After creation and Noah, it's almost like, uh, you'd be like, uh, I'm lost, right? And then you get to Abraham or Abram in chapter 12, and you end it with Joseph. So, so, so then, so then the, 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 the second part, which, which comes to the book's main event. But 
literally in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis as the greatest prophecy ever made. We're going to get to chapter 3, verse 15 in one of those weeks. That's when, after Adam and Eve sinned, God said what's going to happen. In other words, God, in the book of Genesis, God already foresaw what was going to happen to humanity and God already written it out and how God was going to set it, how it was going to take place. In other words, if you really, really understand, want to understand humanity, if you really understand yourself, you got to understand where you begin. The book of Genesis provides that. Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens. Uh, um, um, some scholars believe perhaps this verse is the most important verse in the Bible. Because this verse is the foundational truth for Christianity. Uh, um, and, and, and this verse is key because in the beginning, if there was no beginning, if the beginning is determined by how you and I feel, then the beginning would flip, would switch, would however that you and I decides to make it happen. This is why nowadays, whenever, whenever somebody says something, what is they say? It's your truth. Right? It, it, it's your truth. It's Darwin's truth to say how we evolved from monkeys. But can I tell you something? Darwin's truth or a Freud truth cannot compare to the truth. If your truth is antithetical to the truth, then it's not a truth because you and I cannot possess a truth that is different than God's truth. That's why you and I as Christians, all we do is carrying the truth and we tell people, yes, in the beginning, God created. Who? In the beginning, God created. Uh, um, I'm making sure that I give you enough context in the book so you don't lose it. But I, 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 got, I got three Three uh, um, applications that I want to, uh, three points I want to share. But I want to make sure they get some context in the book. Um, God, I told you, the book is divided into two. First 11 verses, and this is the prologue, and that sets you up for what people consider, like when you get to the stories, the, the, the stories, you're going to get the, the romance, the drama, you know, you're going to get the whole thing, but it, it's all in there. You, you, you know, we're going to get the betrayal, the, 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 all these things going to happen in the book. The book of Genesis, you're going to see what jacked up family is. And by the way, if you're in a family, you don't like your family, um, or if you think your family got issues, can I tell you something? God created Adam and Eve, and they got issues. Are you all with me? So, so, so listen, the whole thing is this. If God is big enough to create the beginning, God is big and bad enough to hold you throughout the end of time. All right? So, so then, so then uh, um, now, um, there are uh, uh, um, the, the, the verse, in the beginning God created, it's complex. It's simple but yet complex. Um, it, meet, it meets the need of every man. One of the marvels of the Bible is that it uses language that communicates with people of the most primitive and limited understanding, while at the same time it is still significant and inexhaustible, meaning to the most uh, uh, um, to, to the most 
people who, with the most knowledge and people with no knowledge can understand in the beginning God created. In other words, this simple phrase, this simple phrase meets people, whether you are a PhD or whether you are no D's at all. Okay? Um, so, so, so then the, the, the Bible was written to be a, 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 to be a textbook on science. But it was written to be, a, the Bible was not written, rather, to be a textbook on science. Rather, it was written to be a book of religion and or redemption. Listen, listen to what I'm saying to you. There is much about science that scripture says nothing about. However, when the Bible does speak on, more, on some scientific matter, it is infallible. For God is the final authority on all things in creation. Whether it deals with history, geology, anthropology, astronomy, and all other sciences. There is a lot of scientific debate that's taking place where you, who's a Bible scholar, you may not be able to, to go toe in toe with the scientific scholar that's coming with this or that, but the reality of it is this, whether or not um, the Bible speaks or does not speak on some science matter, but all we know is this, in the beginning, okay, <laughs> in the beginning, God created. So, so, so that is foundational. Now, um, a few things. Number one, with this verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First thing that you need to realize, first thing that it tells us is this, God is the ultimate being. Before there was a universe, there was God. He exists independently of matter and sequence of time. God transcends space and time. He is not limited by special consideration. In other words, God is everywhere and his fullness continually. Nor is God locked into the present in any way. It is not strictly accurate to say that before the universe was created, there was nothing. We're going to get this in a minute. For this too is a special and temporal idea. Before the created universe existed, God was there. In other words, the universe needed God to come to be. God did not, did not need the universe. Who I wrote this well, but I'm not saying it well. The universe need, need God to come to be, God did not need the universe nor anyone to come to be. Because God has always been and forever will be. Ooh, ooh, I, I said this good, man. I, I wish you was feeling what I'm saying. Let me say it again. The universe needed God to be. God did not need the universe to be or anyone to come to be. Because God forever is, was, and will be. 
Um, because what this is, when it says in the beginning, if it assumes that God is the ultimate being, then the existence of God is yet assumed. Now watch this, watch this, watch this biblical argument. Um, biblical argument. I, I, I wrote this down. Biblical argument. Watch this. Uh, um, so, so, so then, so then before I get to the argument, a blanket statement about God's existence is set forth in an uncompromising way. If a person does not accept the existence of God, the rest of the Bible is a fairy tale. And life has no meaning to that person. If you deny God's existence, the Bible is a book of fairy tale. When you speak to any uh, 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 um, any person would deny God's existence. Would it be the leading atheist in the world? Would it be Darwin or anybody for that fact? They tell you your Bible, your book is a fairy tale. In other words, they tell you that what the Bible says is no different than any fairy tale that you've read. Any any. Fairy tale you pick up at the uh, uh, at the shelves or on, on any bookstore, but see the Bible is not a fairy tale. The Bible is the book of life, and that's why in the beginning, God created. If one accepts that God is the ultimate source of all things, and that created this world out of nothing, then he has no problem with other miracles. For the omnipotent God stands outside of his own creation and can intervene into it at any time. So, so then, what is the biblical argument? The biblical argument is simply this. It's dogmatic. God exists. When you say God is ultimate being, so God exists. The creation teaches the existence of God. And only the fool says there's no God. The Bible says a fool says in his heart there's no God. Anyone who assumes that there is no God is a fool. F-O-O-L. Omunfu. It's a fool that says there's no God. While men can reason out that there is a supreme being, it is not necessarily true that all men what the God of Scripture or Jesus Christ. Men needs special revelation to learn of Christ in the gospel. So remember what I said, right? The biblical argument is simply this. God exists. So then there are biblical, there's biblical argument and now there are rational arguments. The rational argument comes, um, comes in two forms. Cosmological and theological. I didn't put them on the. I didn't have time to put them on the PowerPoint, but pay attention to what I'm saying. Number one, cosmo, cosmological. Every effect must have a cause. So this is why, even even watch this. Woo, woo, woo. I, I'm I'm glad I went to school. Watch this. Even the person who believes in the Big Bang theory. So they said this, it's like matters and everything kind of, you know, like it's almost like a, 
a, a movement starts happening and things come to be and then boom, right? So, so, so then even the rational argument would ask this question, who banged the Big Bang? In other words, some got, something got to bang the Big Bang in order for the Big Bang to bang. You guess what I'm saying? So, so, so the, the rational argument, the, the, the cosmological argument says this. Every effect must have a cause. When one, trace, when one traces effect and causes to, the, to its ultimate source, it ends with God. The, 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 the teleological, T-E-L-E, you know, O-logical, says this. Every design must have a designer, then the ultimate designer of the universe is what? Is who? God. So, so, so then it's pushing that argument to where that, if you think about it cosmological, or if you think about like the, the teleological, it still ends with the same purpose, God. In other words, if you said something, if there's a cause, if every effect has a cause, then the cause becomes God. If, if, if every design of a designer, then you end with God. So then the, 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 there's the, the, the religious argument. Whenever man is found, you will find him acknowledging and worshiping a God of some kind. It may be an idol, the moon, a, mo a mountain, or an animal, but he owes a God. Note, it has taken culture and science to produce atheists. Yet, there are no atheists among the primitive nations of the earth. They have enough sense, not yet spoiled by science, so-called, not to doubt existence of God. In other words, even a nation who was worshipping a false god had a sense to believe in a God. You know what it takes for you to say that I don't believe there is a God? <laughs> Do you know what it takes for somebody to say I don't believe there is a God? In other words, um, it takes you to, to see everything and say, well, in spite of all that stuff, I still don't believe there is a God. But see, that's where they say somebody got to be crazy. Um, the, 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 there's a journalist um, who wanted to deny his wife got saved and he was a, a, for Chicago Tribune and he wanted to deny, he wanted to prove that his wife believed in a fairy tale. And, and, then, and then he said, well, he, he went on a, on a journey. Uh, um, what's his name again? Lish Strobel, right. He wanted, he wanted to prove that his wife believed in a fairy tale. And then he went and studied, he came to the conclusion, either that, the same conclusion C.S. Lewis came about, either the, 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 the God that the wife believes in, the Jesus the wife believes in, is the true uh, um, resurrected Savior, or everything else is a lie. He chose the former. C.S. Lewis came to the same conclusion. Listen, you were sitting here. Pastor Perry may be boring this morning, but believe what I'm telling you. God is real. God 
exist and God is the ultimate being. And, and, and watch this. In the text, it, it also speaks about God's ultimate being. It talks about God's char- characteristics. Um, because the word that used for God here is Halloween. Elohim is literally, it's a, it shows almost like plurality of gods, so to speak. But literally the verbs is still in singular. <laughs> it makes no sense, doesn't it? And this is where you can see even there, there's a sense of God being a triune God, one God and three persons, right? Elohim, it's literally, it speaks about God's attributes and you see the plurality of God. Right? The plurality is that there's one God and three percent. God the, God the, and God the. In other words, you want, Tony F has put it like this. You want to see uh, um, what God looks like? If God took a selfie, Jesus would be the selfie. Right? So, 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 then, so then, not only we see that God is the ultimate being, secondly, we see that Everything that exists originates from God. Um, Genesis employs a special um, Hebrew verb for the act of creation, bara. The subject of which is always God. Whenever you see creation, God is always the subject. You and I cannot create. God is the only one who is able to create. And see, see, somebody may say, well, oh, the suit, the fine suit Pastor Perry is wearing, somebody created it. No, they did not create it because they did not create a fabric. See, the fabric was created, like what, what, what the fabric comes out of, God created that. Now, there's somebody who is skilled enough who can take the fabric and sew it together and make sure that I have a fitted suit. But they did not create the suit. They woven together, they put together the fabrics, they, they put together the created things and make something beautiful out of it. But the fabric itself, the origin of the fabric, was not created by the, uh, um, what do you call those people, the tire, what do you call them again? By the seamstress or the tailor. It wasn't created by them. Okay? So, so then, so then um, no other object no other subject, rather, is employed or implied. Men, too, <laughs> quote-unquote, creates poetry, music, literature, um, um, for example, but not in that sense. Not in the sense God creates. So if you take words, the, 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 some of you are very poetic. You take words and you put it together and then boom, there's a poem. But it's not in the same context as Barah. Because you did not take words that never exist. Whatever words you take, Webster has ownership on it. Shakespeare has ownership on it. You did not take words that never existed and boom, you come up to what about. Okay, you didn't create a language. God has ownership of that too. Uh, um, so, 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 so then, as we think about uh, um, if everything exist, if everything that exists originates from God, then it also, it's, it's, it shows um, how false doctrine also is denied. Watch this. In the beginning, God. You know what that denies? 
atheism, no God. It also denies polytheism, many gods. If it says in the beginning, God, 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 you cannot say there's no God. And that's why I do not waste time argue with somebody who denies Genesis 1-1. If you deny Genesis 1-1, we don't live in the same zip code. We're not in the same playing field. In the beginning, God, if you cannot assume, if you cannot accept the existence of this God from the beginning, then which God are you talking about? There's a song that we sing, you are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God in need of anything we can do. In other words, this God that we serve is not a created God. Now, we have a tendency to create gods. And, and, and I'm going to say this in the, in the end of the sermon. We create things and we worship them. But this God, he creates us to worship him. In the beginning, God created that denies fatalism, chance. Uh, um, I forgot where we were. And my wife and I will we'll go somewhere and put the GPS. And he says, well, turn left to Chance Road. My wife says, we're going to be living that. <laughs> we don't believe in chance. That's why we don't say good luck. You Christians don't believe in chance. You don't believe in luck. It denies artistic, artistic evolution. Infinite beginning. I'm becoming. God created the heavens and the earth. It denies pentheism. God is so imminent that God becomes nature. It denies materialism, where eternality of matter, um, which leads me, which brings me to my third point and final point. So if God, uh, um, when we say in the beginning, it, it tells us that God is the ultimate being. That's number one. Number two, it tells us everything that exists originates from God. And thirdly, which is extremely important, it's, it tells us this God creates out of nothing. Watch this. Um, I have a term for you, and you probably heard me say this before. You probably heard it before. Ex nihilo. Um, literally, before I get to ex nihilo, but, but, but let, let, me, let me tell you this. A grammatical possibility has given reason to at least one translation uh, um, one translation of the opening verse suggesting that when God begun his work of creation, matter, matter, exists already existed. That's why you got to be careful what translation you look at. You look at the NRSV says this: In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. Contrast this to most common version that we have. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without formed and void. The point of the second translation is to emphasize a crucial issue that God created out of nothing, ex nihilo. Other ancient near Eastern creation stories from Egypt to Mesopotamia, for example, assume that their gods work with material that already existed. However, 
biblical testimony here and elsewhere insists that at, at the point of the beginning, there was nothing apart from God. And what exists apart from God was brought into being by God himself. So ex nihilo, that's a Latin term. It means from nothing. The, 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 the term creation, ex nihilo, refers to that God creating everything from nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Prior to that moment, there was nothing. God didn't make the universe from, from pre-existing building blocks. It started from scratch. So God stepped out of nothing, spoke to nothing. When he spoke, then something happened. Ooh, let me say this again. That makes me glad. God spoke to nothing. In other words, God looks at nothing, spoke to nothing. And when God spoke, something happened. Ooh, you're not getting it. Let me say it one more time. God looks at nothing and spoke to nothing. When he done speaking, something happened. Let me preach to you right now since you're not getting it. When they look at your life, they saw nothing, but praise be to God. Praise be to God. God spoke to the nothingness that is in you. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God spoke to the nothingness. And when God said that you are my child, you become his child. God says you are the head, you become the head. God says you are not the tail, you are not the tail. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, then you are. I don't care how low your self-esteem is. Let me bring it up in 2024. God said that you are somebody. Doesn't matter what they say. It is not the letters in front of your name. It is not the letters behind your name that makes you something. What makes you something is the fact that the God who created the universe made you in his image. I got a sermon for that. That's coming too. God made you in his image. Not in some monkey's image. Not in some extraterrestrial ET image. You are made in God's image. You are, you, you have God's likeness in you. You are something. Somebody tell, tell you, you are something. Um... We, as human beings, can be very creative. But we cannot create ex nihilo. Did you hear what I said? When was the last time you see somebody build a house from nothing? They need a land. They need rocks. They need blocks. They need cement. And all those things are what? Created things. You don't get a degree by just sitting at home, never go to class. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get a degree ex nihilo, do you? <laughs> you got to go to class and study and pass every test, every exam, every class with at least a C. If you are in the doctoral level degree or master's degree, at least a B. You don't do anything ex nihilo. Last time I checked, I, th I, th I think I sent, I sent a... Um, Something to Dr. Eli um, I saw on TikTok. Was it TikTok or Reels? It shows a, a kid 
who's in high school for so many years, but he, he had no he, he, had, he, had, he had no credits. Like I think it's like maybe six credits or something like that. They keep passing him along, passing him along, passing him along. He's in 12th grade, but he got nothing. He's, like, he's, he's not even a freshman. He cannot get a high school diploma because they don't give him ex nihilo. You got to pass the class. See, but God made the universe out of nothing. And this is why I titled the sermon, When God Speaks Something Happens. Do you know that God is speaking right now over your life? And maybe for you this sermon, maybe for you this year, and the beginning. Maybe God is telling you today is a day of a new beginning. This year is a year of a beginning because God is still in the process. Whenever you choose to put faith in Jesus Christ, God is still in the process to say, well, guess what? In the beginning. And you know what other book starts with in the beginning? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, God is still creating. Now, I'm done. So what should we make of this? Again, there are several responses are worth considering. But I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one, not even two, one. Uh, I, have two, I have two, but I'm, I'll give you one. It's time. It's time. Um, you, you know what you need to do for this God who created everything out of nothing? You know what you got to do? Worship him. Worship him. Worship. God is to be worshipped as the creator. Um, and this is what I was going to tell you from the jump. We, we have the propensity to worship the created things. Husbands worship wives. Wives worship husbands. Mothers worship children. We worship our bank accounts. We worship our status. We are, we have the propensity to make sure that the things we created, it's my phone. You see kids from the jump, my, 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 my. You know what they're saying you? Worshiping. They want to make it theirs. It's like my, my, my. And people want to take this. No, 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 no. You do not worship the created things. The flowers are beautiful. They match my tie. Don't worship the flowers. Worship the one who created the flowers. Can I tell you something? The flowers you're looking at, they are dead. They are dead. You know why they are dead? They are detached from, the, from where they're supposed to be, from the stem, from the, from the tree where there's life. And guess who created the tree? God. So a lot of us, we look at, oh my gosh, beautifully. The, the, the surgeon did a beautiful job. But guess what? All these flowers, by next Sunday, I guarantee you, you show up here, they die. Don't worship created things. Worship the creator. Creation is to be viewed as a reflection of the signature of God. The heavens declares the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Psalm 19 verse 1. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you've made them all. The earth is full of your cre um, creatures. Psalm 104 verse 24. 
we live out, we live out our lives in the world that God has created and sustains. All around us and within us, there are fingerprints betraying his indie work. Knowing this, as we do, whether we acknowledge it or not, should make us live dependently, reverently, and expectantly. Who? Let me, let me, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. Um, what this tells us is this. If because you know God made all of this and when you turn around like it rains today and the sun may come later and tomorrow on MLK day, you're going to have barbecues, you're going to have all this stuff. But let me tell you this, all that is telling us is this, you ought to depend on the God who determines when it's going to rain, on the God who determines when it's going to shine. You ought to depend on this God because this God holds your life. When you go to bed, he holds you. When you wake up, he holds you. Not the bed, not the house, not ADT, not the security system, but it is that God who created. That's the one who holds you. Depend on him. And then, as a matter of fact, not only you depend on him, but you are to reveal this God by what you do, by what you see, by what you say. You are to reveal this God because he creates and that's why you don't use any kind of words. Because you reveal this God and, and if you're going to reveal him and you better have hope because this God who created, who I'm done, this God who created, one day he's coming back for all of his children. All who place faith in him, we're going to be in a time that there will be no beginning or end. This world will come to an end. Only God can bring an end to this world. But can I tell you something? If you want to live forever, if you want to be like God, if you want to be with God when God, the same God who has no beginning or end, if you want to be with him, put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you want your plans to succeed in 2024, put your plans in Jesus' plan. Because in the beginning, God created. And when this God speaks, something happens. When he speaks, life happens. Anybody wants life? When he speaks, peace happens happens. Anybody wants peace? When it speaks, healings takes place. Anybody wants to be healed? When it speaks, chains are broken. Anybody, anybody wants their chain to be broken? When it speaks, mountains move. Whatever is in front of you, God can move it simply by the power of his word. God bless you.